This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch Getting to Know Your Bible, especially those who may be watching for the very first time. We appreciate your doing so. We have those who watch every time we're on the air, and we appreciate your interest in the Word of God as well. Now today on our telecast, our theme is entitled, Wells Without Water. I hope you'll stay tuned as we talk about those wells that contain no water today. I hope that you will. Now on our telecast today, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I'd like to emphasize the course is free. We'd like for you to have it. And we have so many people who are studying this course, and we get letters from people telling us how much it's meant to them, how much they appreciate it, and we want you to uh, have this course as well. You say, well, I'm not sure there's much benefit in it. I, I have a letter from one man who says that he has taken every course that we have, and he's now wanting to start going to a preacher training school, and he is a Christian now, and he wants to begin to preach the gospel. Well, you see, that's the benefit of it. And, and, and I hope that you will want to take this Bible course. It's free. I emphasize it is free. In order that you might know a little bit more about the course, that you might know how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I have two passages of Scripture that I would like to read now. The first passage is from Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. In that passage, the Lord said, My people have committed two evils. Number one, they had forsaken Him. They had forsaken the fountain of living waters. And number two, they made themselves wells or cisterns. He described them as being broken cisterns that would not hold water. Now the second passage is in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17. And this passage in the context is talking about those that would not teach the truth. These are wells without water. Clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness 
of darkness forever. In the Eastern world, water is very important, especially in their desert area. Imagine a weary pilgrim who has been on the desert without water for days. And in the distance, his blurred vision captures the outline of a well. And hope springs up in his breast. He, he can almost taste the refreshing water in the well. But when he comes to it, to his dismay, he finds no water in the well. This is a true picture of life. As in the case in the text, Many people make promises that never materialize. That they are wells without water. That the people of our world are reaching out for something. They're reaching out for real purpose in their lives. But often they go to waterless wells. Wells that contain no water. The godless theory of atheism is a well without water. Many come to this well to drink only to go away in great disappointment. John Bingham and Robert Ingersoll were in a discussion John Bingham, a believer, and Robert Ingersoll was not. And Bingham said, Robert, if you are right and I am wrong, neither of us will know it. But if I am right and you are wrong, both of us will know it. If there is no God, if man evolved from some lower form of life, then man is no better than a beast. He has no soul, and he has no real purpose in life. Secular humanism is a religion which recognizes no God, no absolute values, and teaches that man is no more than an animal which came from nothing and will return to nothing. A humanist wrote this, and I quote, The Bible is not merely another book, an outmoded and archaic book, or, or, or an extremely influential book. 
it has been and remains an incredibly dangerous book. It and the various Christian churches which are parasitic upon it have been directly responsible for most of the wars, persecutions, and outrages which humankind have perpetuated upon itself over the past 2,000 years. And then he went on, listen to this carefully, the classroom must and will become an arena of conflict between the old and the new. The rotting corpse of Christianity, together with all of its adjacent evils and misery and the new faith of humanism, resplendent in its promises of a world in which the never-realized ideal of love thy neighbor will finally be achieved. I suggest to you that a philosophy, a teaching such as that, is a well without water. The philosophy of the so-called new morality is a well without water. Ours is an age of permissiveness. All standards of morality are being ignored. It is today like it was in the times of the judges when it is said that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Paul wrote in Romans 3.18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. There are many that run the garment of sins from one to the other. But when it is finished, he must say that all is vanity. I've had men say to me, Brother Lambert, you name it, and I've done it. That there hardly is a sin that I have not committed. I've never had these men to say to me, I found peace and happiness in sin. I've never had them to say to me, I have found peace and happiness in my immoral ways. There is a growing need today for moral righteousness in the land. Solomon said that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Friends, the philosophy of the so-called new morality is a well without water. Human doctrines and man-made organizations in the name of Christ are wells without water. All that can be said concerning the chaos and confusion in the modern religious world of hundreds of religious groups is that men have agreed to disagree. But more and more people are seeing that this division is a well without water. They read passages like Matthew 15 and 9 where Jesus said, In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And people are seeing in the Bible that God desires unity 
Not the kind of unity that people are talking about today. But unity based upon the authority of His Word. Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. God desires unity. Not confusion, not chaos, not division. Paul said that we ought to speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. That's a well without water. Astrology also is a well without water. We, We claim we do not believe it, but we still check in with it every once in a while just to be sure. I don't have any confidence in the stars for charting the future of my life. But I have all confidence in Him who made the stars. I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future in the palm of His hand. And like Paul, we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are the called according to His purpose. My friend, astrology is well without water. And a life without Jesus is a well without water. In John 8, 21, Jesus said, If you die in your sins at where I am, you can't go. I think we're intelligent enough to know what Jesus meant. Someone asked, Where is hell? The answer was given at the end of a Christless life. There are many today that no longer believe in the Bible doctrine of punishment and reward. Some people have tried to convince themselves that it will not be too bad to die without Christ. But a world without Christ is a world without hope. In Ephesians 2.12, Paul said that at that time, Ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, being without God and without hope in the world. Friends, Jesus is our only lifeline. He is not one Savior of many Saviors. He is the Savior the only Savior of mankind. In Acts 4 and 12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, Jesus Christ is our only hope. A world without Jesus is on a collision course with eternity. But Jesus is our lifeline. 
You, you can draw water out of the wells of salvation because you see there's water in the well. The, the gospel is a well of salvation. In the first chapter of Romans, Paul said, For as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's through the influence of the gospel that the barren soul is made to blossom and to bloom as a rose. In John 15 and 3, Jesus said, Now you're clean through my word, which I've spoken unto you. Paul said, It is the power of God unto salvation. The word gospel itself means good news. The gospel is good news. It is good news about Jesus' death. That he tasted of death for every man, Hebrews 2, 9. The gospel is the good news about his burial. Isaiah predicted the burial of Jesus in Isaiah 53 and 9, that he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. And it is the good news about his resurrection. Not only did he live, but that he died. Not only that he died, but he was buried. And not only that he was buried, but he was resurrected. He is risen. Matthew 28 and 6. And we are saved by the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 and verse 2. We die to sin. Romans 6 and 2. We're buried with Jesus in the waters of baptism. Colossians 2, 12. That verse says, buried with Him in baptism. When also you're risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God. And when a person is baptized, they're raised to a new life. In Acts the 8th chapter, there was a man from Ethiopia who was taught by Philip the Evangelist. And he preached Jesus to him, Acts 8, 35. They came to a certain water. The man said, here's water. Why can't I be baptized? And Philip said, if you believe, you can. And the man made this confession. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The scripture says he commanded the chariot to stand still and they went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So he was baptized into Christ. There was a baptism requires a burial in water and he was buried in water for the remission of his sins, Acts 2.38. And then what did this man from Ethiopia do after he was baptized? The Bible says he went on his way rejoicing. Why was he rejoicing? Because he had been saved by the gospel. That is, by his obedience to the gospel plan of salvation. The church is a well of salvation. Now, friends, I want to state the church is not a man's savior. There's only one savior, that's Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, 21, it is said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, He is a propitiation for our sins. 
not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's the Savior of the whole world. He wants to save the world. But Jesus Christ is the Savior of the church. Ephesians 5, 23. The church is not our Savior. Christ is the Savior. And when people are saved, they constitute or compose the church. The word church means called out. Those who compose the church have been called out of the world to serve Christ. And Jesus died to make the church possible. Ephesians 5.25 says, Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. In Acts 20.28, 20, the Bible says, Take heed unto yourselves and all the flock, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which hath purchased with his own blood. Again, I say, the church is not our Savior, but the church is composed of those who are saved. There is no way that you can separate being saved from the church, because if you're saved, you have been added to the church by the Lord. The church is a well of salvation. Christ is a well of salvation. In a world parched with the scorching winds of sin, it is uplifting to know that there's a limitless supply of water for the soul. When Jesus came to the woman of Samaria, he offered her water to drink. John 4 and 6 says it came to Jacob's well. Now, Jacob's well was there, the Scripture says. And he offered this water woman, offered the woman water that, that gives complete satisfaction. He said, I'm going to give you water, and if you drink of that water, you will never thirst again. I wish all people wanted that water, but all people are not interested in the water that Jesus offers. Matthew 5 and 6, blessed are those who do hunger, and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You see, some people are content with wells that contain no water. Now, there are two great benefits of the water offered by Jesus. Benefit number one, salvation from sin. It's a well of salvation. A well of salvation. Number two, there's purpose in life and hope for the future. Jesus said, if you drink of this water that I give, then you will never thirst again. Now, friend, the Lord invites you to come to the well of salvation. The Lord's invitation to come to the well of salvation is for all people. It's not limited to to a certain group of people, a certain class of people, a certain number of people. It's for all men. He, he would have all men to be saved, come to a knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 2, 4. And Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Man is away from God, and he needs to come to him. Why, why are men away from God? Because of sin. For all have sinned. Come short of the glory of God, Romans 3, 23. 
And man is fully capable of responding to that invitation to come. We can choose to come or not to come. Joshua said, Joshua 24, 50, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Even though that's an Old Testament passage, the principle taught there applies to the New Testament as well. Man can choose to come or not to come to Christ. Suppose you had been without water for days. Been out on the desert. And I find you and I'll offer you some cool, refreshing water. What would you do? Would you hesitate? Would you say, well, let me, let me think about it. Let, 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 me, let me make up my mind. Or would you start making excuses? If you'd been out on the desert for days without water to drink and someone offered you water, you most likely would accept the, water, the, the offer of water because it would mean the saving of your life. And friends, I urge you in the name of all that's right to accept the living water. Don't wait. Accept it. For it is the means of eternal life to you. It is the difference between heaven and hell to you. And I'd urge you to obey the gospel today. Believe on Jesus. Repent of your sins. Confess that you believe. Be baptized for the remission of your sins. Allow the Lord to add you to His church family. Just be a Christian and a Christian only. And worship with God's people on the Lord's day, singing and praying and observing the Lord's Supper, giving as you've been prospered, hearing the Word of God taught. And live the Christian life, following Jesus every day of your life, because that is the well that contains water that will thirst, that will quench the thirst of your soul. I urge you to accept it. In the closing moments, may I invite you personally to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you need help in locating, let us know. We'll help you. And also, please, right now, in the closing moments, pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible correspondence course. You'll not regret it. I've never heard anyone tell me I studied the Bible, Brother Lambert. I'm sorry I did. I've had people to say, I wish I had done it sooner. I wish I had done it sooner. Here's the hope. We need to study. Call for that course today, and you'll never, ever regret it. Just, just call. All we need is your name, your address, your phone number, and we'll send it to you. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to 
Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.